Yo, yo, what's the deal? Volcano Beach. Fam North. Darian. Yo, what's good, man? How y'all been this week, man? Chilling, man. Chilling. Yeah, it's been a calm week for me. Calm. Man, it's always been a calm week for you. Yeah. You nah. always been chilling. Nah, I've man. had a hectic week pretty much. Actually, the the beginning of this week started out pretty hectic, but it became calm. I was working. I spent like a whole two days working on a project. Um uh, and I feel like I wasted one of the days because my ears weren't really tuned for the room or my head was off or something. But it was just like everything. I went home, listened to it, came back the next day like, what was this? It was like I didn't know what I had done. And so, uh, but yeah, I mean, then it after I did, after I completed everything, my week became smooth. Like I haven't done much on like the other than my normal recording a few sessions nothing hectic you know so you say you uh you didn't have your ears tuned to the room how did you go about tuning your ears to the room no not necessarily to the room it was just like my ears were off that week or that i mean or that during that time that okay. day or two my ears were off like i don't know i don't know if it was i wasn't referencing anything if i had like it was just all I know is what I was hearing the next day I came back I wasn't aware of those moves or why I made them okay but but so then going back into it the next day how did you address it I took off a lot of what I did like I over mixed like I completely over mixed and I was almost like muffling and muddying up someone's voice a bit more than just like I was trying to overcorrect them recording themselves. Do you feel like it was a tired issue of yourself? Yeah, it definitely was. Like I was running myself like no sleep in 72 hours try okay. type thing, yeah. Okay, bet. Y'all hear that, man? Make sure y'all get some rest, man. For real. Oh yeah, definitely. Get, get y'all some rest, man. How about you, Vo? How your week been? It's been decent. Um. I kind of went through the same thing he went through, but it was the opposite. Cause like the last time I was working in a couple of venues, these last, I say not a week, but I say like 10 days, I mix in venues like twice. And I realized how better I sound now that, that I am actually getting rest. Instead of in the summertime or in the fall, where I got one day off a month. Right. Well, it's the same thing now. It just ain't like a, I got seven things stacked up in one day. It's just one thing that day right now. You know what I'm saying? So I can I can hear that I was fatigued. Like my last like three or four sound gigs, I can hear that I was fatigued and I'm hearing things a lot different. So yeah, it's kind of the same situation, but in the reverse though. Like I heard that, okay, man. It was like it's like I was mixing with like a um with like a veil over my ears or something. And okay. Like I'm in HD now. That's <laughs> dope. HD now. That's what's up. How did you um? How did you address those situations that you um you got into when you got into those gigs? Was it, you know, how we all or not? I ain't gonna say we all, but you know, um, do you always pull up your same template or do you always start from scratch? Yeah. Well, it's I got my template, so. I got my starting scene, so that helps me. Uh, even though 
even though I'm mixing and whenever whatever EQ to whatever room I'm in, still I still start. His guitar ain't gonna sound different in this room. The room may sound different, but the way I EQ this guitar, I'm just gonna have to do some changes on the master. I don't have to re EQ his his guitar. You know what I'm saying? Or he got the same keyboard. It's not gonna sound different. You know what I'm saying? Right. My ears might be hearing it different. So that's really a way to help myself. Cause if I'm not hearing that well, and I'm like, man, but I gotta trust myself like two months ago when I made the template when I went tired. You know what I'm saying? Right, so right. I look at it like that. Right. How about your week? <clears throat> um Damn, what did I do this week? I got a lot of rest this week. Definitely got a lot of rest. And I actually pulled up, I pulled up a couple of sessions today. Um, and, you know, definitely did some adjustments because of that rest. Yeah. <laughs> definitely did some adjustments and uh, sent out some mixes uh, today, which was dope. Um, yeah. That's about it, man. Did I do any? Um, I, I actually did some writing too. Some writing. How was that? You know what I'm saying? Um, it was dope because, you know, like I just come up with like a couple of bars or something and then just drop it. And then. How often do you have that spark to write? Man, I actually write every day. Like I got a phone just full of whatever comes to my head, I just write it down. Even right, okay. if it's like two words or a sentence or something, I just write it down. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Then I just visit it back if I'm in the studio or if somebody playing some beats then I just go through all my little writing tablets I got you know what I'm saying and what we expecting an album oh man <laughs> I don't know I like you know you always gonna push us to the forefront to put out our stuff we gotta get you done man you know what though I'm definitely working on about three producers projects oh, okay. that I'm, I'm executive producing you know what I'm saying so like they send me the beats and I go ahead and pick uh the artist or if I want to add some more musicians to it or whatever okay. so so don't definitely be looking for some executive producer production credit coming yeah, real we soon need that album from you, though, you know so what I'm saying um, but me personally um, I'm definitely just going to need some more time just to be able to um, to get man it's so much going on right now you know what I'm saying like I, I just want to balance everything out Cause I'm gonna be on like some Bruno Mars, Kanye West type shit. Right. Lock myself in the studio for a month and just get everything out and be done with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Cause you can create a masterpiece in a couple of hours. You know. That's a hundred percent true. The problem is, I feel like we create and then we sit, we forget about it. Yeah. Until we be like, oh shit, man, I forgot all about this. Yeah. Like, like I hear Bo say that shit all the time. He's like, man, I forgot all about this shit, bro. You know what I'm saying? So I definitely want to be able to balance my life and just lock myself in the studio and just be just call everybody who I want on the project and just have like five studios and be like, all right, let's go. Right. You know what I'm saying? We got a month. <laughs> let's go. Let's do it. But definitely, uh, yeah, man. I always wanted to do a mixtape called the OE. The OE. OE, because I used to always drink old, old English. Yeah. And just press record and just go in the booth. What's that remind me of? Uh, don't be a menace in society. Yeah. Or drinking juice in the hood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give me some so, hey, let me get your number, shorty. <laughs> I bet I can get her number. 
Yeah. <laughs> I bet I get a number, yo. Well, yeah, definitely, man. But I definitely, um, I'm definitely gonna do that, man. Vote, man. What's your producer tool of the week, man? Um, my tool of the week. I've been playing around with it all week, man. You wouldn't believe. It's funny, like we work in this lo-fi genre. A lot of us, people like me. And I've been playing around with VHS tapes, man. Okay. Yeah, like VH, like just random VHS tapes. Like it could be like a, a, a college football game from the 80s. Just like, might be a weird horn in the background. Like anything, just something weird. I'm, I'm using it, I'm using like random tape collections like we do splice. Just looking for like random sounds to make beats with. Mm. Instead of, um, even though technically it's illegal, no, it's copyright infringement like I'm off, but it's like practice, you know what I'm saying? Making something and I ain't gotta do. But then again, I did, I grabbed some, I grabbed some sounds off of like Splice and, and recorded it and recorded it back on the, I had the, the 1000 with me that day. Came up with some heat, man. So just playing around instead of, um, cause I got cassette, I got super VHS. I got the plugins that do it. But like I said, with the tape before, using VHS tape is kind of the same thing, man. Like, and, and the crappier the better, like just like a home VHS, not studio quality one or like broadcast quality. Nah, that's going to be, it, it's not really going to do it. Like just a home one. Okay. You said that's the right. tape is copyright. What well, it sounds. The sound. Like whatever sounds like. If I record, if I if it's a TV show and I record, a oh thing, okay, you know I get what you're saying. Yeah, I thought you, you meant the the sound of the tape. Right? No, no, no. I'm talking about like this, whatever's on whatever's the tape. Gonna be recorded, I mean, I'm just right. grabbing random tapes and just sampling them. Right. You know what I'm saying? Not just like I didn't even think about the you know the shows that's copyrighted. Right. You know? Yeah, definitely. So, How about yeah. you? How about you, D? So yeah, so Vo, you was doing tape samples and producing with those. Can you uh, definitely let us hear some stuff too, bro? Let us know when you drop some stuff that you did with that VHS. That's gonna be dope. D, what's up? What you been doing with the recording, man? Recording tip. My recording tip this week is trying EQs. I know I'm a big person that I always speak about not committing to EQ when you recording in, but I've been using the Trident um, whoa, whoa. 808. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, <laughs> I recorded in. And it How you like it? I love it. I mean, I don't necessarily like it when it comes to like trying to get a sound from it. I like it when it comes to trying to remove something. It's very, you know, like you all have said once before, like surgical. Um, if I'm going for a vibe, I'll mess with the Poltec. And interestingly enough, the Poltec, I never actually use it for like adjusting anything. Like I just use it to run it through. But yeah, the Trident um, 808, you know, the 1500 series, I mean, the 500 series. ADB. Uh, ADB, that's what ADB. it is. I always say 808 for some reason. Because that's what it looks like. Yeah, <laughs> ADB though. It looks like um, two eights, straight up. But yeah, definitely y'all should try that. And you know, if you are able to, any sort of EQ where you can get surgical, um, whether that be the SSL EQ, the Trident, um, there's a you know a lot of other EQs to look out for as well that have that you know capability where you can surgically dial into some frequencies and really mess with tones and cut out things. You know what? Trident actually got a plug-in too. They do. Hmm. Yep. Wait, they do? Yep. 
Hey, damn, my nigga. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, is that them, though? It's somebody else. It's another company, but, I mean, they, they call the thing Triton. <laughs> oh, so they got... So they got rights so to somebody it. somebody emulated it, basically. Yeah. Oh, okay. They definitely got it to it. Yeah, I remember yeah. seeing that now. Yeah. Um, it was like one of the smaller companies. Yeah. It was dope. It was it was nice. Mm. It was nice. What about okay. your mixing? Mixing. Man, um, a lot of things that I've been doing, like I've been telling y'all, I just want to straight, you know, record to mix. Um, and that's one of the things I've been really focusing on on these last couple of three sessions I had to where it was like... I didn't really use no plugins. The only plugins I used was for effects. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's just because um, the way that we moving, it's like I gotta be on that cutting edge. Like, you know, going that booth, this the sound we getting, this the sound we going for, cut it and just make it sound fabulous. So with that being said, I've been using, my chain been nuts. Uh, 1073. Uh, warm, optical, pull tech, um, Triton, SSL clone, um, back into the Apollo. That's been my main, my main. That's a recording chain. That's a recording like chain. That's recording chain. And on the optical, I'm I'm smacking three. On the SSL, I'm smacking three dB. Okay. Sometimes I go all the way up to five on the um the warm. Um, the pull tech, I'm cutting 60 hertz. I'm adding 16K. Uh, the Triton, I'm killing 120. Um, just uh, probably like, I want to say 11 o'clock on 120. And then I'm taking out uh, 250. 11 o'clock too. Right, that's it. Straight in. And, um, for most of the people, it was dope. Matter of fact, something else I did was, um, you had sold a preamp unit. Right. I had the client bring it back to the studio, and we recorded. He had three artists in here. We used three different mics on each artist with that same chain that I named mm -hmm. with his preamp first, and I treated the 1073 as a line. Oh, okay. So it came out of his preamp into my same setup. Right. And I made each mic sound alike. So Mike into his pre, out of his pre into the 1073, mm -hmm. etc. We used the Slate, the AKG, the SM7B, and he had Sterling Audio. It was a tube mic. So all four of those mics, I made them sound alike. Was crazy. I was, I was geek like whoa. With the golden age going into the ten seventy three with the five hundred series, it had that front button, you know, or that front pocket mm -hmm. where you could just plug it right nice. into the front of yeah, it. Yeah, so. that's true. That's true. So me doing that this week was just it was awesome. It made me actually um tell another person about that preamp. Just because of the functions that's on it, bro. Like with the SM7B, I didn't need a cloud lift. Oh wow, really? Yeah, I didn't need no cloud lift. That drive, right? That drive amped it up, and then you know you got the drive and you got the output. Right. You know what I'm saying? Not only that, you got the two high pass. And the air. And then you got the two air. Yeah. 
of course the air 2 is the brightest you know what i'm saying so even with the slate i was able to contain the highs with that preamp right off the high pass too i can see that you know what i'm saying and and, and it was like yo I, I i told them bro look next time y'all bring this back i'm gonna cuff it bro right yeah y'all ain't getting this back y'all just got a deal on this you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah bro that bad boy is good matter of fact it's the what is it the golden age mk3 is that travis the golden <laughs> age mk yeah it, it's a mk2 mk2 73 right yeah that bad boy is beautiful and I love it because of the EQ functions they got. I call it like those those filters that they have on there is perfect. Right, yeah. If they didn't have those filters, I don't think I would have bought it. Mm. But because of those filters, I want to get me one now. Straight up. Yeah, I still, even though it was mine, I didn't even use it much. Man, man. I, 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 I had the thing. first version. I bought it brand new too. I used it. That's before I really knew what I was doing. And that's what, and you know what? I think that's what the problem be. A lot of people buy gear just because they heard somebody say it. Right. And they don't really see the, all the functions that they can be using or how they really can dab into it. You know what I'm saying? And get it to sound like how you want it to sound. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, right they'd be like, oh man, I, fam said he got this, I bought it, and I don't even hear the sound he making. Yeah. You ain't trying hard enough. Right. You ain't really trying to get that sound then, bro. You know what I'm saying? Because also, it's a chain. But what's my end game? What you mean? Like, what's my end game? Like, this is my chain I got. My mic. You know what I'm saying? Like, what interface I'm going to? Right, right. Then from my interface, what I'm coming out into. You know what I'm saying? That 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 plays a big part too. Like when me and you was listening for what next mics to get, and we had all and we, and we was watching all these videos and everybody doing uh, mic shootouts, and we was like, man, that might sound good, but what's they chain that though? Chain, right? That's like that's like that's that's the um the vintage king magic. Like what is it going through? Yeah. These these phantom mics, like is it a board power in all of these mics? Right, yeah. What's going on? Yeah. So, yeah, I understand That's what you true, mean. That's true and they never really answer that. No. That's crazy that you say that cuz they never do. They never do. I wonder why. Well, I know why, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. it's it's um I I definitely have fun with um Recording slash mixing, um, I went back to the basics and I went back to um, just using my ears because I catch myself with the plugins looking at the screen. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I catch oh, myself nice. looking at the screen. And don't let that EQ have an analyzer on it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the worst. That's what I was just telling one of my clients um, today. I'm like, the analyzer, like, let's, that could be your best friend or worst enemy. I don't like. I don't think it's a middle ground, man. Because it's either gonna help you in the situation, or it's gonna hurt you most of the time. Because you listen. Because you're not listening. Mm -hmm. You looking, Especially. and then you looking once you cut it, and you be like, "Oh, dang! So I, yeah, okay, you know yep. what? I ain't gonna do the seventy. I'm gonna do it right, right before it jump up right there." Yep. <laughs> with me, I know this with. Uh, siblings like if you have an analyzer on it and it'll show where the siblings is supposed to be at you'll cut it there but it still won't actually cut it out because sometimes siblings is like 
one k or two k above what where right. you're actually trying yeah. to cut it from. Right. Yeah. Those harmonics that they kick sense. in. Yeah. Those harmonics they kick in. That's like that's kind of like the topic that I want to get into. Um, gang staging, um, from different, different. Uh, what's the word I want to use? Uh, from different. I want to say genres or I, not genres, but just different like parts, different like rules to different types of games. Because there are, because gang staging people throw it all under the same thing, but it's different type of gang staging. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like basically, we about to talk about the three different kinds. Exactly. Three so, of the different kinds. So let's let you kick it off. Um. Well, me personally, I was talking to um, uh, uh, engineer. He's dope. Um. But he kind of didn't understand the process of like, even though I think mine probably should have been third, but that's okay. <clears throat> he was talking about like mixed, like using buses. Okay. Like um, he was watching videos. Well, I forgot who that was. I think that's Sheps that's using three or four buses to go into a master bus. And then he's like, man, uh, how, how do I do that? Because it's like I'm losing. I'm not understanding how I'm like... Just like some simple like it's it's common not common sense but like it's normal for us we know like you putting them buses at zero mm-hmm. and you making your sense to those buses post fader but you still got control on your fader like a lot of people really don't understand that part like it's game staging that's all it is it's like it's, it's not like the traditional ways y'all y'all about to explain the game stage but it is still understanding like for it to hit this point right it's got to hit this point right and it's got to hit this point before right you know what i'm saying right so just some simple like making sure that's a post fader sin that way you can put that at zero and whatever you feeding it is going out the same so if you want to turn down the hi-hats just you just automating on your track you ain't mm-hmm. automating that's in the bus track. you know what i'm saying like you that's just automating in your track you ain't automating the sin nah you just Automating on your track for your hi hat to go up and down because it's hidden. You giving it everything that the fader got, and then that one is going over. And like like I say, you, I, I I fall into the track. I do it myself sometimes, so I can't front. I I do turn my buses down, which is stupid. I, I should do be that. doing it before. I do it sometimes, like on some quick, like trying to hurry up and get stuff done. But then it'd be salty because things ain't hitting like they were supposed yep. to be hitting. You know what I'm right. saying? And then I'm not getting the depth and the clarity later. Then I gotta undo it. Like nah, them things need to be at zero. Yeah. Right. So just that part of game staging, just like understanding like how you sending things to buses and oxes. Like it really. I w- in that part too. I was the second part too. I don't really see too many usage for like a um. How many uses other than headphones are for like a pre-fader send? Like for like headphones, but well, why do I want to send something like before EQ or That's before true. compression? You know what I'm saying? There's I probably some ways that we, that we don't know of, right? But like only one way I understand is like um. If you wanted to, nah, that won't even. That's you said not a even. pre-fader send. I usually use it for when I'm muting audio. Like, say I have a pre-fader send on my vocals, but it's sending reverb or something. If you mute the vocal track, 
you can still get the reverb. So sometimes I print my like wet stems okay. with the pre fader. That's okay. Dope. Okay, okay, that's the yeah. usage. Then. That's yeah, the that's only the way I used to use it, but I still don't do that anymore because now I have my own bus for. Uh, you know, I have my own bus for uh, effects, so yeah, I yeah, do it. Too. And yeah. too, we lucky now. Well, with Pro Tools now, you can just freeze it. Yeah, you can just freeze now it. You got the, now you got the audio of the um, reverb or, or the delay. Want, yeah. So, yeah, that's really the only, because, you know, coming from the live sound perspective, you know, pre-fader sends is everything. But, like, in a studio, how many uses is it really other than, like, Q? Yeah. Sends, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So, um... That's all. That's and it's funny how vice versa that is. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you coming out the studio and you going into live sound and they're like, yo, send me a pre-shader fit and you like, what? Right. You know what I'm saying? Compared to when you're in the studio, especially if you're not even running your cue mixes. Right. If you're in the studio, you don't really use pre fader Yep. You don't use it. Like, you don't have no idea what it's there for. <laughs> yeah. A lot of this of today is going to actually be insight for me. Because me not going to school, I don't think I understand gain staging. As, I don't understand gain staging as much as I should because it's a lot of questions that I still notice I have. Like sometimes I can see like a, a audio file, like say the first verse and the second verse were recorded separately different times. They visually, the signal can look the same, but audibly they can have different levels like perceived yeah. loudness is different from what it looks signal wise yeah. what, what it looks like and that still confuses me yeah. but well, that not, deals not with even, yeah that's the game and it's to the aggression not in just the performance like how they had the, the gain up right a little bit more on that one can contribute to like it being like a little bit more aggressive so that's more perceived loud right. but they might that's be true. exactly the same that's true yeah only way i fight stuff like that is limiting man <laughs> i'm just limiting them joints i'm trying to figure out the way to get them both level right. with my limiter you know what i'm saying even though that ain't the best way to do it i'm looking at i'm trying to keep it consistent so i'm gonna hit the limiter first so let me ask you this real quick you say that's not the best way to do it so what is the best way to do it? Probably like what you gonna talk about, clip game, like okay. clip game automation. Like that's the best way to do it. Okay. D, um, in recording, uh, talk about your game staging when you do your recording as far as like the preamp levels, you know what I'm saying? How do you, do you let it hit the orange? You let it go red, depending Definitely on- Definitely like, not, how, I mean, the. The rule of thumb that people should know is once you distort, there's no going back. You know, right. like now is that now because some say analog clipping is amazing compared to digital clipping. How you feel about that? Analog clipping sounds better than digital clipping in the sense of like warmth to it, or it has a better tone because it has more harmonics to it, but. Where it has harmonics to it, where digital I don't think has any. No, it's no, you losing stuff. Exactly, yeah. and so, but if you, but you're still distorting, even if like, so what I'm saying is, if you're trying to avoid distortion in general, you should probably record moderate levels yeah. just to be safe, you know, because you can always, if you want something to go crazy and you want to add distortion, you can always add that. But if you trying to have a signal that is already 
clean before you actually commit to that point of distortion you know i would say record a moderate level so me personally i record anywhere between uh you know where it's hitting i don't record too low because that's another problem dealing with gain staging and compression where if you record too low floor and then noise. you're using yeah compression you're gonna get the floor noise and you're gonna just have a horrible recording you're gonna pick up all of the unwanted frequencies that you get from maybe the back room reflection you know the artist that i was talking about where a great project that i'm working on but i just i wish i could have recorded the vocals even if i was in their environment because i knew that i would know how to fix up their environment i would know to close the blinds if you have like uh not even blinds if you have curtains on your windows to cur close the curtains so you could get more uh, like just acoustically better treated room because you know sometimes people may have curtains like fabric style curtains on their windows and they'll have their curtains open and i'm like man if you just would have close the curtains that would have killed some of that reflection if you would have just did this if maybe you just would have positioned the mic this way or if you would have had the mic in the closet maybe like all of these things would have changed the outcome of how this sounds and that also deals with gain staging too because a lot of the acoustics deal with the gain of the actual mic as well like right uh and i don't know if i'll be able to explain it the way that i just said it but i do know that if you're in a dead or room the signal is way more well it's, it's more of that signal for it so mm -hmm. you're not getting any of the uh any other extraness if you have a dead or room right but it's also making things more direct and it's also giving you how do i explain that it's giving you more of the direct sound that you're looking for because it yeah. has no noise to bounce off of yeah because it's like i said let's how i explain something it's lemonade bro you're getting more lemons that's right. what it, that's all it is you're getting more lemons to make your cup of lemonade is what is after the gain staging is the, the the ingredients you're putting in right what you got on your fader that's what's made in a cup already so it's how you building that picture eliminate that's what game staging is okay you know what i'm saying so let me ask you um off your game staging that balance within the booth um so the booth size also play a role in your game staging is am i correct everything pretty much okay. plays a role now in my one of the biggest things that i realize is when i get a lot of online mixes from from clients i get this headphone bleed so you as engineer when recording how do you handle um headphone bleed in a in a situation as as you recording because you know sometimes okay let's say you didn't have your cue mix right let's say this is you in your bedroom and you know when you're in your bedroom if you turn down a mix you're turning down the whole thing right you know what i'm saying it's less Let's say we going back to the day where we just had the Pro Tools, the headphone cord ran in the booth, and now he's saying, man, I can't hear myself. Right. And you know, if you go up enough. more, you're going to distort. You right. know what I'm saying? How did you handle those situations with your gang stage? 
Oh, you mean if you turn up your pre more, you gonna distort so but yeah. they can't hear their voice. Exactly. Yeah, I mean that's another thing. If you cut it up through the doll that you're using, so for instance, I cut I always tell artists because most of the time that we're recording, the beat is higher than where it should be in general. Definitely. That's what so I, I always about. cut down the beat and then hear that? cut up. Yeah, and then turn down that beat, man. Yeah, cut down that beat because the beat usually, if they're getting it from a producer or if they're getting it from like a lot of people take it offline or whatever, it's already limited for the most part. You know, it's already uh, radio ready. A lot of these producers really is is ready. You know, on their end, and yeah. they mixed it as best as they heard it when they produced it, and so you have to carve out that space for that vocal. The vocal wasn't in yeah. that when they created yeah. that. And a lot of the times, artists who are self-recorders, because uh, I deal with a lot of those type of artists as well, they tend to not understand that and I'll get the session and the beat will be zeroed out all above, whether it be on the clip game and on the actual track itself, it'll be zeroed out and their vocals will either be distorted, they'll be giving too much energy into their recording It'll just be a whole big mess when I tell them all the time, all you have to do is just cut down that and then cut up. You could then cut, you know, cut yourself up from that point. But having things a little bit lower, definitely don't cut up a preamp and risk distorting just because you want to hear yourself more. But there are times where you'll have that perfect balance as well. And then you can, you as the engineer may have headphones on as well. You can hear the artist clear, the artist, should be able to hear themselves clear but they have you know some artists just want their stuff blasted to beyond measures like i remember yeah. those days like beyond measures travis knows i have one client and he he's an amazing artist but like he just want everything like i don't even know how his eardrums still are like how he even has good hearing or hearing at all because he just wants it so loud and you know when it gets to that point, I just tell them like, man, you you know, I, I'm, I can't. Because then, you know, it'll actually get in, uh, add more bleed because you'll get headphone bleed. Yeah. But then not also just that, it's just like, sometimes I have to train the artist like, what's going to be normal. I want him to also know like, you can't go to every studio and think that you're not going to have every other engineer ripping and running, trying to figure out how to make the your headphones unbearably loud. So... You know what I mean? Like, so there's those times where they truly need it to a certain level. And then there's those times where I just let them know, like, that make no sense to be that loud. Yeah. What I was about to say about, um, before you go, what I was going to say, I will give a rebuttal to that. Because I thought that, too, until the other day, my client bought a $150 Focus right Sapphire MK3. Not Sapphire. What's that? Scarlet MK3. Scarlet, yeah. Using his direct input button, the monitor, and the headphone are separate. That's dope. So I'm like, like literally, he got what we got for $150. We talking about $4,000 interface and like $1,000 monitor controller. Like, he literally got that with a little $200 piece of gear. There you go. They like, y'all lick right Yeah, there. so... So basically, and the slick part, what I was just showing them, well, I, I didn't really have to think about this. I mean, I've never really had to do this because, you know, because we had the Q outputs forever. You know what I'm saying? Like, we could separate our outputs forever. 
But like just going back to the time where we didn't have that, um, all you do is if you got something with direct monitoring on there, then you're not listening to yourself to whatever dog. So that means you could just turn the master down on the beat. It's like he had made the beat itself. So oh, okay. it wasn't a two track though. I could just grab one channel. I'm like, man, I'm not about to this 16 tracks, bro. I'm not right. oh just turn the master down. Because right. he hearing himself just like our Apollo console. It's basically you hearing itself off console. It just splitting in oh, half. Oh, because the focus right has the direct in, like yeah. you say, right? So it's just splitting it in half. So that's an easy way to like fight some battles that we fought without even having to fight them. Like he can literally do exactly what we doing. He can run out of the headphone output to a little mix in the booth and have control right there. Like he literally can do that. You know what I'm right. saying? With that little two hundred dollar interface. Sapphire. Yeah, I mean, there's. Going into it deeper, there's plenty of different ways. If you have a hearback system, I mean, you oh, yeah. can do. See, that's that, different though. You you get yeah, that's, well, that's the bread. Yeah. You gotta have that hearback yeah, money. But then also, there's other ways with the console. You know, like there's the console. Is it. Console, you could do certain things. Like when the artist doesn't hear themselves enough, but I know that it's loud enough for them. They're just not hearing themselves enough. I'll just throw maybe a, a compressor plug-in or a limiter plug-in yeah, on it just not recorded in so they'll have a loud signal but i won't record in a loud signal so yeah, definitely man like um definitely something that we should uh do a tutorial on yeah i could send that definitely because i do that all the time and i don't even know where i because i didn't learn that from anywhere but i know we all do that different ways we mm-hmm. all and that's an interesting thing about this world of audio where we literally all have different methods to reach similar points Facts, and we share them all. So when I get in a lot of online mixes, my best friend is Clip Game. Yeah, chopping up those clips yeah. and getting my input balanced like that. What's What's a consistent thing you notice when you're getting things online? Like something that could be done better because some See, of the listeners will probably be online people sending things. So everybody what? always normalize everything. Yeah. Like, why are you normalizing? Do you see? Don't you it want me to mix it? Yeah, it everybody hit that little, that little, that command in the bounce window. Normalize. I know, pro, I know, Ableton's got it. Logic yeah, has it. it. I don't even think I know. Logic that. has it. You know what I'm saying? But what does normalizing do? Because I'm not even. It, it brings it up, up to on. zero. So basically, well, it kind of does that. That's the problem. It don't do that. Like it, it's like a mathematical almost equation. It's taking like the lowest and the highest and like making a mean out of it. And so it's basically like mathematics oh, okay. to get everything louder. at a certain level. Yeah, so it's kind of so whack. It, it's 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 basically trying to balance the whole track when it's not balancing the whole track. Okay. See, I don't think I've ever even. But it come brings everything that. to. So like, if the beat is hot, that's the loudest thing, right? Right. So it's gonna try to normalize to that. Oh. Yep. Okay. You get what I'm saying? That's it. Right. Yep. And so then now. It's creating a standard. Pretty yeah, much, yeah, right, like okay. this is our okay. This is our max level. You know what I'm saying? We probably gonna turn this down just a little bit, but and we're gonna match right here. So we're gonna bring everything up right there. Right. So it's kind of like what a compressor is doing when it compresses and it just turn everything up. So everyone's normalizing. So explain. Well, of course. So explain what they can do instead of, because what are they trying to achieve when they normalize and now it. So explain I what think they the most part that they trying to better. 
I think, and you know what? I don't even know what the hell they trying to do. But if they try to make it sound louder, man, leave it how you record it. Right. Yeah. Don't even send it to me how you recorded it. Right. That's true. Yeah, I want the raw. Because if you, because I feel like now you processing it. Right. If you yeah. normalize it, you just process. It. Sometimes I don't even want artists to like clean up their own like. I don't want that scene. either. Because nah. I'll clean that to, up. Cause... Or if you did something to to it, take everything off, send me the raw, and then send me an MP3 of what you did. Right. But then again, I felt like that entire guy, like this this client sheet. Nah, I'd rather them fix their own chops. Because, like. But see, that's why. Well, like, organize your chops. Yeah. But see, then that's why I want the MP3. Because I want to know how you did it. And then if I feel like I can't do it, or if I feel like, okay, bet, that's how you want it. Two minute warning. That was it. We was gonna, I I was feel gonna like, get into a real conversation quick, about it. I feel like if that's how you want it, then I'm going to tell you, okay, cool. Send me the version with the chops. Because right. sometimes I say wet and dry. Right. And they be like, what's yeah, wet no, and dry? You're right. There's some clients that I really wish they, like, I want to just get them their own setup. Like, hey, you comp your own vocals and give me your final vocal. I've, I had a conversation with Travis about that. I was like, no, what? We're going to give this artist their vocals. We're going to get them all 20 yep. takes we did. You pick all the words you want because I'm not finna sit here and listen to every vowel you want to switch. Yeah. Like, when you think it sound one way, like, my thing is, like, I tell an artist all the time if something doesn't sound good, but if they're just in their own head, it ain't nothing you could do at that point. Yeah, that too. Yeah, you right about that. Yeah. All right, man. So, yeah. So, yeah, clip game. Um, I clip them, and I just try to get them all... At a certain level, my main thing is my master. I try to let everything start to hit, especially my drums, at negative 10 or 12 dB, and I build from there. Dope. That's another important part, and I I know we had the two-minute warning coming up, but yeah. I want y'all to realize that, and we'll dive into it more later on as well. But well, just drop us some feedback and let us know what y'all want to learn more about. Yeah, but definitely... Watch where you when you're mixing, watch where you're starting the levels of your mix. Cause if you start too loud, you'll be in trouble. And if you yeah. start too low, you'll be in trouble. Cause mm -hmm. I've seen people have negative twenty, you know, negative thirty and they and they got their their mm -hmm. speakers cranked all the way up. You know what I mean? They got the, and they got a limiter on the track because nice. they're like, Oh, the lower it is and they get all this misinformation because yeah. they're like, oh, plugins work best at this, you know, at this level. And it's just all this misinformation. So watch out where y'all start at because it will be detrimental to where your end result is. Bet, yeah. since you over there, man, kick off your two minute, man. Man, my two minute warning is it's way off topic as well. It's more of a philosophical thing. Engineers that's around this field, this audio field where no matter what genre it is, the artist uh you know the this world that we live in it kind of thrives off like telling people what they should be doing how they should be living what should they should be having and as you know up and coming engineer i know i see all the time people are around what they would think would be flashy and i just want to tell all the up and coming producer artists and engineers don't think that you have to rush to try to get to some point to where you have what you think you need as far as what you think they're selling you because a lot of the time this industry and this world we live in is selling something that may not be 
something that you want to go down as a as in a row or something that you want to purchase you know a lot of people get into a lot of debt as audio engineers just because they think they need this this piece this piece and this piece when it's really just learning the actual pieces that you already have if you know that a lot of the mixes that are done they don't need everything and everything that maybe that specific engineer that you look up to has is because they wanted their own flavor and they worked hard or they afforded that piece whatever way however they acquired it but the fact is it's coming from what they're looking for in their own tone it's a piece of their opinion and as an engineer don't look at if you look up to a certain engineer don't think i have to get that piece because it connects me to chris lord algae or connects me to right. dave pensado or connects me to fam north or connects me to volcano or connects me to darian but just know that these pieces you can work without and don't try to do anything out of your character just to try to get some equipment that you think you need because you know one day you'll you'll think you want a piece so bad and you like okay i'll make these moves try to get this piece try to get like uh whatever piece you're looking for and then at the end of the day you may want to switch out and get a new piece because we kind of you know as we do it we we get new pieces every day we sell pieces it, it can move around so don't think that you got to try hard to get these things yeah i feel you right Bo. um i say my last two minutes is i don't know just do what you do i, I say that because i'm i've just came to the realization i know music theory a lot better than i used to but i'm never gonna know how to play the keys it just don't work in my brain like that you know what i'm saying but rhythm and like sample manipulation and like time stretching and all that is second nature to me so it's like um for others like me i was i was kind of explaining this to um one of my clients i'm like um the same way that the same way that somebody may know every jazz riff every whatever i know every break beat i know every sample like that you know what i'm saying i study my craft too so it's like don't look at your craft like it's different because i mean like it's not better or it's good because it's some because it's someone else's craft, and I look at it and it's two sides to that too. You can't you. I, I'm not saying this for everybody that just do hip hop or sample based music, like because I don't think a lot of people put it in the work to be able to say they know they drum machine or they Ableton as well as like somebody know their guitar. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to put it in that type of work if you want to get that type of result out. That's really just not not really a knock or anything. Just saying that some people, some things just don't work with. Like honestly, like I play the bass better than I play keys, and I only been playing around with the bass like for the last couple years. I've been playing around with keys for twenty years. It just don't work in my head like that. So I don't know. Just do what you do and just do it to the best of your ability, and don't worry about what you don't do. So. Alright, cool. So, um, dang, we talked about a lot today, man. We did. Um, my two-minute thought is I'm piggybacking off y'all um for sure. 
but basically using what you got. My clients who had that preamp, they thought that it was broke, but it wasn't. It was gain staging problems. You know what I'm saying? But just being able to sit there and play with the knobs, you'll learn something. Right. Or even, like you said at once, pull out the manual. Oh, yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with me. That's why it's there. It's there for you to understand it. You know what I'm saying? So some of the most important things that you need is in front of you. You know what I'm saying? Develop your mind to a better understanding to what you have, and you wouldn't have to spend more money. You know what I'm saying? Because your tools is already there. A compressor is a compressor. EQ is an EQ. A preamp is a preamp. Once you understand that, then you'll know your color. Then you'll know your transformer from your transformer less. Then you'll know your passive EQ from an active EQ. You know what I'm saying? Then you'll know your VCA from your optical, from your FET, from your Vermeule. Then you'll yeah. start knowing all those. You know what I'm saying? But they all do the same thing. They all compressing. They all EQing. They all, you know what I'm saying, amping up that microphone. So just knowing the knowledge of behind your tools that's in front of you come a long way. That comes a long way. You know what I'm saying? We didn't get here where we at now just by going to the store and getting the preamp because somebody told us that preamp was dope. Now we did our homework. We knew what we wanted. We knew what sound we wanted. And we knew how to get that sound. You know what I'm saying? All the gear that we got, it was literally handpicked. Some of it was just out the blue, but it was handpicked because we understood and we knew what sound we was going for. And we knew those pieces that we needed to get that sound. You know what I'm saying? I'm Fam North. Volcano Beats. The Stew. We out. Peace. Peace.